BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Our friends are getting preggers, man. Haven't and then and then it's so it's been so long that then they're not preggers anymore. I think is what I mean. I like they get they I, get pregnant and then they have the baby and I'm like, wait, oh, we've all been inside for a year. Great. <laughs> I know. I just well, I just, Brooke, you did you posted a fake pregnancy photo. Yeah, all I did was hold my burrito bump. Um, you know, fucking my COVID nineteen. Everyone, no, it looked too real. And then I was like, I'm starting Weight Watchers tomorrow. Everyone thinks I'm legit prego. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. <laughs> yes, I asked my way on. Yes, I cornered well, we... you in social in a social setting. I love that. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that. I said but... hello. I've worked at a restaurant. Oh, uh, you you were on our list, girl. We, we were doing the podcast when you were living with me. By the way, I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hey guys, uh, I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. And that mystery voice, that forceful, intrusive mystery voice, who's now featured on our podcast, is Lisa Traeger, everybody. Yay. Hello. Hi, Lisa. I Hello. like the Airbnb in your place. It was oh, I fun. I like the Airbnb, too. Yeah. yeah. You you were a good, easy, back house guest. Um, all of you, too. We have a lot of friends and listeners of Sidework who love all the Exactly Right stuff. So many of you might already know that Lisa co-hosts with Kara Clank, uh, That's Messed Up Pod, you know, a podcast for SVU enthusiasts. Dun, dun. And um, yes. her co- yeah, her co-host Kara <laughs> was on with us about a year ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we talked waitressing a little bit when I told her I was coming on. I love oh, that. I love she, because that. I mostly talk about my salon receptioning days. So she said she didn't even know that I waitressed ever. Yes. And honestly, we d- we have one or two people who've really begged us to do a salon reception episode as well. So we'll probably have to have you back because, oh, my God, it was the best. And I was so good at it. Like the computer <laughs> system to schedule the appointments. I was just very skilled at it Nice, and was able to squeeze things in and move things and get people in if I was if you were an enjoyable client. And it was I, I did like it more. But I just I just picture you with constant like fun, chunky highlights, you know, just always getting your <laughs> yes. hair done for free. 
Yeah, because they want to butter you up because you're in charge of walk-ins and you're in charge of their money. And yes. so it'd be like, oh, I'll do your makeup before you leave or I'll put a fun updo on. Yeah, it was nice getting special. Um, as someone who works in the spa world, who works with reception all the time, you're giving me all the feels by how much joy you had, like booking clients. It makes me so happy that you found so much joy in that because I do too. And I have to juggle and shift things all the time myself. So it's fun. So yeah, And yes, Brooke, we should absolutely do a show. I'm way into it, but the big part of salon receptioning is, or any salon job, I think, is you come in and immediately in the morning, it's what's for lunch. Like at 8 30, 9 a.m., that is true. We would discuss what we would be getting for lunch. And if you ordered lunch without asking if everyone else wanted from a place, like some everyone's mad at you, you know? It's a big deal. Um, Yeah. And orders have to be in by a specific time for them, for you to be able to get lunch. If not, you're screwed. Yeah. Also like refrigerators, I know, and then we'll stop. Like refrigerators (laughs) at salons are chaos. Like opening them and seeing like that there is like maybe, I don't know, 15 employees and there's one refrigerator for like everybody's shit. It's a lot. (laughs) Uh, I never brought. I always bought. I was, yeah. I was like young. I never grew up being going to restaurants often or ordering in. So like when I became an adult and worked out in the world, I was like so excited to order lunch. <laughs> well, OK, the, the most important thing, though, is that you are on today's episode because, of course, you have waitressing. I mean, you are a Chicago comer upper you you're from chicago right so it's like you came up in the ranks the suburbs mostly this i have to admit the suburbs i never want to be a person that lies it's fine i'm always like detroit burbs i'm not when people like you're from detroit i'm like no i'm not cool no it was 20 miles away but um yeah so of course you have like a classic working experience at a restaurant which we will get to when we get there but we're so happy to have you thank you blessed yeah to be here. yeah yeah um all right so we do a little little top of show stuff um you know we're gonna do a little pre-shift meeting um which is remind everyone to listen to our podcasts on one star podcast network thank you very much for supporting all of our others and um we asked you last week to be kind and maybe leave us some more reviews and comments <laughs> and well Boy, you sure did, Andrea. You want to read the one we got? Yeah, we got a three-star review. You know, it's middle ground. Here we go. It's pretty good. Pretty good is the headline. Is the title. Uh, I like the show. Not Only not giving it five stars because I don't like how they joined LPN just for the listener bump, then jumped. Now I realize that there may be more to the story, but I don't have any information about that. I stopped listening after. Not sure why. I guess I'm just a big LPN fan. The perceived slap in the face kind of ruined the show for me. Well, apparently they're not going to hear this, Andrea, but this this person who wrote in, well, no, they must have heard because we asked for a review. So if you're listening, yes, there is another <laughs> side of Or maybe story. it was just a random offhand review, you know. <laughs> but it's so funny where they're like, I think I'm just going to be petty. Um, Hey, we started our own network with Henry's Blessing. <laughs> yeah, we didn't use LPN for likes, guys. Yeah, last podcast network, we love them. They're our real life friends and it was an absolute and utter joy to be included with them. And then we wanted to provide more shows, a network that made more sense. Uh, The food industry is not true crime, people. So anyways, that's what we did. And we love them and miss them. But yeah, we have their full support. So I like when people think they know everything. 
Like, yeah. you know nothing. And they're just like, you disrespected them. How dare you? It's like, you know nothing. The balls of people <laughs> to just assume the inner workings of a business they have they know nothing about. It's just wild to me. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's super funny and good for you for sticking up for your boys. Um, yes, but thank just you, so you Darjeeling know. 77. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I guess that's our uh, that's us setting the record straight. You know, you can't be a network on a network. So, um, you know, I mean, whatever we can do whatever the, whatever the fuck we want. But that just didn't seem like it was on their uh, agenda to host a network on their network. No, not do really. you think that there's bad reviews for LPN saying that, like, they kicked us off? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I they. Ser- just, I they seriously just, doubt that, but it, a girl can dream. <laughs> a girl can dream. Anyways, oh my god. Yeah. Well, I mean, how dreamy that you're on Exactly Right Network, Lisa. That's they're good. It felt. Yeah, our contract process took a year and a half. I know it did. And it's... a lot of our friends were like, "Just do it on your own." And I go, "No, no, 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 no. No, I'm you not. don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it." I'm like, "We're gonna wait it out, and we feel lucky. We like our little, our little crew. You're very Great. smart, and you know, definitely worth the wait. And you guys are like pulling amazing guests. Whoa, oh my god! I think it, I do have to say that might have been a COVID perk sure. because everyone was bored. We got Eric McCormick, and we're like, we really can't believe you agreed to do it. And he was like, Yeah, I'm doing nothing. I have nothing to do. <laughs> I'll talk to you about it. So it is real. We are just as shocked as everyone else. And they're like, how'd you get them? I'm like, I have no idea. I really, I people really have no idea. desperate for connection and desperate for recognition. Also, yes. when you've been out of work uh, for a year and a half. So good on you guys. Well, um, I also wanted to say, I don't know how um, you guys balance the workload, but I get to work with two, like our producer and Kara, my co-host, they excel spreadsheets. There's Google <laughs> Calendar invites. There's outline. I mean, I couldn't. It's cool working with people that have those skills. Absolutely. It's really I, wild. I agree. The other day I was like, oh, I got to free up some space in my Google Drive because there's so many. There's so much backlog of like Excel sheets and documents for all the episodes that we've done. So I, at least we have a, a lovely history of hard work. I we will sure say. do. Um, a, an almost three-year outline for what we think would make a really fun book about the restaurant industry. Just throwing yeah. it out there. Yay! <laughs> well, talking about the restaurant industry, here's a fun stat. This is not a headline per se, but this stat just came out, which is great news for restaurants being back open, that only 39% of Americans know how to make 10 things to eat. <laughs> Like that's the sum total. <laughs> and the percentage is like is like way worse. Most people are like, I know how to make four things. That's it. Otherwise I'd have to look at a recipe. And I wow. don't do that. Let's go. Yeah, out but to are eat. we counting like oatmeal? No. Or it's like it has to be because like what are the limit what are the rules so of this? So I didn't look at any of the empirical data <laughs> or stats. Yeah, it's yeah. just a funny stat, but I just love that people people were probably so fucking sick of being. I mean, I was like, I cannot make this pasta dish one more time. Someone feed me from a different restaurant. But that's great. Americans like literally picked up no additional skills. So restaurants are going to do great now that we're back out there. No, when the pandemic hit, I didn't even have cooking oil. I like oh. went to Trader Joe's. I bought all this stuff. And then I was like, 
oh, I need to buy a spray. Like, I didn't even have the stuff to make things. Um, I really, New York, I, my heart is in New York, and New York uh, taught me bad, bad things. And I went to the coffee shop across the street from my house every day of the week to eat. Every day. Yep. It's just what happens. I get it. But, you know, it makes me happy to say that, like, ugh, cause I'm considering I'm looking at, you know, part-time work in a restaurant at night just to get myself out of the house. Um, I don't know yet if I'm going to do that, you know, but uh, also can I say that Tom, so our friend who owns a place just hit me up about maybe hosting karaoke nights coming up. Oh, um, I was, I was just at the bar uh, on Friday. I was at the Fable and it is not fully open and I, everything fully opens tomorrow and his bar will fully open Los Angeles full capacity starting tomorrow as are, it's pretty much every place in LA. What I was reading today is like, there's nothing left. All the tears have dissolved. There's no more limits on anything. Like staffs is still supposed to mask um, across the board. But even at Tom's bar with like the back patio open, the front tables and like half the amount of people at the booths, like at one point it was so busy that it was still three deep at the bar because like everybody just needed their drinks all at once and everybody was mad. But I was like, Fuck! Like it was, a, it was a lot for me to take in. I was like, um, like, uh, but and I was, he was there, and I was like, so next week it's gonna be, like, I was like, surely it can't be as packed as it was on your opening day, and he was like, I don't know, man, maybe, which means like you have to push your way through people to like get to the bathroom, crowded. I don't know, guys, but you should, you should absolutely host karaoke fair for sure. <laughs> It is my number one way to make enemies, and now I'm going to get paid for it. So, Wait, why enemies? Yeah, you have to be a nice karaoke I, host. I will. I, I promise I will. I will be good. I just get so riled up when I'm doing karaoke. So right. maybe maybe I'll, I'll feel the responsibility, you know, and, and, and give it more of the gravity it deserves, you know, as the host. Um, cause at but the end, are you the person that's going to like stop in the middle of a busy night and sing their own song? Is that gonna is. Be you? Cause people don't like that Brooke. <laughs> I know you can't, but, but Tom will always help himself to a number every once in a while. He only does it in the beginning when nobody else is, is there. All right. Songs. Yeah. I'll have to sit on my hands, I guess. <laughs> what are your go-to songs? Oh, I make the wrong choices all the time. Um, <laughs> what is this podcast even about right now? We're all just like getting to know each other over Zoom even better. That's what happens. <laughs> but I, okay, so guys, can I, I realized, I think I found my comeback, like first karaoke night, because it's all about having a comeback. You got to pick that amazing song. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to sing Kokomo by the Beach Boys. <laughs> Damn, okay. Okay. I yeah. like it. Yeah. You got yeah. one? Uh, no, I do I don't. things that are in my vocal range. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. In your Okay, got it. Both of you. I know Andrea. Andrea is uh, Betty Davis eyes. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. You know, I've been listening to a lot of like Lisa Lisa, the cult jam lately and stuff. So I might have to rock like a little like late 80s R&B, like maybe a little new Jack sound kind of situation. That's kind of where I've been leaning lately. But we'll see. <laughs> And then, Lisa, it sounded like you said you're like just as long as it's in my range. Yeah, like not hard and like a, a crowd favorite. So other people sing. So then people don't know Absolutely. I don't sing well. So for me, I'm a Britney Spears, Backstreet, TLC. Like that's the world I live in. Pop. Uh, pop. 
Because I I've failed before where I've tried to do Dolly Parton or like Ugh. Marvin Gaye and it really is, it upsets people. So it, it you're, you're, yeah, it's, it's hallowed ground that you are stomping all over with your voice. I always, I pick songs that men sing every time too. And then I'm like, I can't go that low. Why am I up here? Anyways. So I also ready, learned, um, Mateo Lane, a gorgeous singer. He oh. taught me, I, um, I walk in, I'm not into lines, and I just give the karaoke person cash. And I go, how how soon can I go up if I give you this much? And yep. then I see what happens. So that's what I do. Yeah, right, cool. That's a, a, it's good to bribe your karaoke DJ. And, and now, every time you're in, they're just like, they'll, pu they'll push you up. So, the, you know, these are things to know. Let me jump into this next headline, which I think is very silly, you guys. So the McDonald's Corporation is testing out automated voice order, taking it the drive through in Chicagoland area. Uh, probably within the next five years, they're saying that most, if not all drive throughs will be all voice activated. So there'll be no person at the other end. They'll just be like listening to your voice as it orders, like you're talking to Siri. Um, these are 85% accurate and oh, and can take about 80% of the orders is what they're saying. So this is where things are moving in fast food, uh, probably eliminating jobs first and, and also getting, you know, uh, uh, Lisa, we had this, um, arm it's called flippy. flippy. It's a mechanical robot arm that was made in Pasadena and it's just a big robot arm and it flips burgers all day. <laughs> um, so and you can. You can lease them essentially for the uh, price of, I believe it comes down to paying an employee $3 an hour if you have this robotic arm flipper. So I'd imagine that this like, you know, voice like ordering drive through service without another human at the end and with the flippy McDonald's will be saving so much money <laughs> just to not have any humans in the building it's anymore. so disappointing. Do you guys know the movie Up in the Air? With George e Clooney, Aaron yes. Kendrick. One of my favorites. I watch it like, a all good the one. time. But a lot it of Omaha, you, Omaha there. It teaches you the downsides of machines, okay? You need human interaction. Absolutely. I bet and there are people that that are lonely and sad that go to the drive-thru just to talk to somebody. Oh, you are 100%. And we've featured stories about um, an older drive-thru employee who was in his 70s who'd been working there for, I don't know, he was at a Wendy's for like 40 years of his life. It gave him something to do. Everyone went to the drive-thru just to say hi to like drive-thru Joe or whatever his name was. And they were like, I would go to brighten my day because I knew he worked lunch and he just was so kind to me and would chat with me and he loved his job. So it's like, it's absolutely the truth. He made people's days really well. I mean, and after like this many months of sitting inside, looking at a computer screen, I'm like, I'm ready to talk to the drive through person myself, you know? Yeah, I felt really special. I went to New York for two weeks last month and I went to my back to my coffee shop and then the owner was at a different like one of the other locations and drove to just say hi to me. She's like, I heard you were here. And I was like, oh, my God, this is all I want in my life. Like, it I just want recognition for my favorite <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, I can't wait to get back into it. I had a moment where, yeah, I was recognized the first time I went into this person's restaurant that I've been like fangirling over and commenting on their social. 
and they've been so sweet and to sit out down at the bar and they're like hey it's Brooke and I'm like oh my god you yes they know who I am <laughs> fan forever um cool cool well let's get into some server submitted stories stories <laughs> Okay, hey, Brooke and Andrea, it's Sam with another story from my time in a turn and burn chain dispensary in the heart of Boulder, Colorado. This guy's a bud <laughs> tender. We love when he writes in. He says, I think your holiday episodes are super interesting and they remind me how dispensaries are during the holidays. 420's a madhouse and July 4th is dead. But I found out my favorite holiday to sell cannabis to sell cannabis during Parents Weekend at the University of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Parents Weekend was equal parts amusing, frustrating, and sometimes rewarding. I sold a lot of weed to a lot of dads during the summer of 2017. Veteran stoner parents and parents who wanted to know about this dab business. Some have their kids guide them to the dispensary with the appropriate levels of angst and embarrassment. I loved it, but it's a challenge talking a stubborn dad out of an insane edible dose. So fucking funny. A regular of mine came up to my counter with her mother. I had already sold her an ounce about a week ago, and she informed her mom that this was her first time in a place like this. This type of thing happened a few times already that day. I was trying to ask how they wanted to get high that day, but my regular was totally checked out, and mom was checking out something in the display case. This contained nothing infused, but had display packaging and basic uh, weed smoking tools. So she pointed to the pipes and asked with gusto, are these butt plugs? He says, hell yeah, dude. I tried to say, nope, <laughs> these are not butt, butt plugs. They are pipes, which was my prepared response for the situation. But my regular beat me to it by screaming with the raw fury of an embarrassed kid snapping, they're pipes, mom, pipes, mom, they are pipes. <laughs> the mom and I had a good laugh together and my regular was not super jazzed. Mom bought some high CBD gummies and tipped nicely. Parents Weekend was the best. Godspeed and good tips, Sam. Cute. I love this story. (laughs) Dude, thank God I haven't gone into a dispensary with my parents yet. It's it's a wild world. I just bring it to them in my suitcase, you know. That's the best way to do it. I don't want to be inside one of those with them. Oh, I took my mom. It was so fun. (laughs) And then, like, she took a hit of a vape pen. And, like, for the first time, and I have a video of her doing it. And she, like, (laughs) she takes one hit and she, like, looks at the camera. And then she, like, laughs and, like, blows out the vape smoke. I was like, this is welcome to the rest of your life. Like, you know, it's kind of, but it's fun. It's it's, it's a fun, fun thing. (laughs) I wish I had that. My parents refuse. Um, They're outdated in their beliefs. But uh, my nephew loves some weed and that's cute that is very cute my brother and he's 18 so it's yeah, not like sure. yeah. i'm like feeding a 12 year old weed but um <laughs> it's it's cute <laughs> that he likes pot my i mean my parents probably go through more weed than i do um I, I, like every time i go back to visit they're like oh we got we ate all those gummies like four months ago they've been gone forever <laughs> wow. wow okay nice <laughs> No, and I wanted to drug my parents, but my therapist said it's unethical. <laughs> I technically drugged, I, I technically drugged them in the sense that they were very, very unhappy many years ago, and I told them the merits of taking antidepressants, and they've both been on. 
I think they're on Selexa, a very low dose, each of them, and they like each other now, have a great relationship, and then also started drinking wine. So I drugged my parents. That's how I did it. That's incredible. Oh, it's yeah. it's a crazy story. They were like at a, they were just both spiraling off into their own mental health problems and then actually got help and they're they're on a once a day med and life works. I love now. it. Yeah, now my mom like- is so confused about therapy and she's like, I everyone, everyone's going. I go, Yeah, all our parents d- who didn't believe in it ruined our lives and none of us want to be like you. So yeah, we're gonna go to fucking <laughs> therapy so we could learn to apologize to one another, you know, or whatever oh, yeah. anyone is working on. I'm not going to lie. I had it like two hours ago and I'm still a little raw from it. So I feel a little wonky. I'm on my period and I had therapy. So I feel all discombobulated. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's jump into the next story. Um, Hey, ladies. I worked at a private golf country club in New Jersey for four years as a server and bartender. One night I was serving the owner of the club who is a cheap, asshole that looks like a cross between a blobfish and a wannabe Italian mobster. He had been drinking lots of wine with his four equally repulsive friends that night. And when I noticed that his glass of wine was empty, I asked Mr. Gatto, his real name, do you what you want with it? Cause I don't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> would you like another glass of wine? To which he responded, if I have another glass of wine, I'll be trying to fuck you. Oh, God. Mind you, I was 20 years old and he was like 70 something. As I was looking around the table at the other men to see their reaction to the absurd comment, the owner said, I'll have half a glass of wine. I said, sure thing and fetched his half glass of wine, wondering if what I heard was real or not. I had endured lots of sexually inappropriate comments during my time at the country club, but there was, this was definitely the most shocking, especially coming from the man who technically employed me. I've since left the country club and found that the grass is indeed greener working at a regular and amazing (laughs) restaurant. (laughs) The only benefit of working at the country club was that I met my boyfriend of three years there. He is still being held hostage there as the banquet manager, and I try to convince him every day to quit the insanely toxic and disturbing environment that is this country club. I've been listening to you ladies for a while now, and I don't think you've covered the topic of private country clubs. We have not. It's definitely another kind of beast when it comes to service. I'd be willing to offer more information if you ever want to do this topic. Godspeed and good tips, Lauren. Uh, P.S. I'm I'm attaching a picture of a blobfish so you can get a better mental image. Uh, We all know what a blobfish looks like. I do know what a blobfish looks like. Yeah, we've been on the internet. We know. (laughs) (laughs) I've been around the block. Um, Yeah, for sure. Um, That's horrible. Jesus, Lord. So gross. Um, You know, you're like, oh, cool. It's the owner of the place and my boss. And he just said in front of his group of cronies that if he had another glass of wine, he'd be trying to fuck me. Great. What do I do? Just stand here? Because there's no appropriate response. Right. Right. And I was like, is that I'll take half a glass of wine supposed to get this like big funny reaction? Like, was that his punchline? That's what I don't also. What a dick. It's gross. Yep. I mean, like country clubs working in that environment, it's like extra layers of secrecy and, you know, extra protection because it's like people are paying a fee to belong to an exclusive 
you know, dining and drinking establishment. So they do feel entitled to take and get whatever they want. It's, you know, it's not a situation where you can refuse customers at any regular restaurant. These people are like, I'm a paying member. Serve me that woman's head on a platter. But I do like right now I would love a turkey club from a country club. (laughs) Chips. Like I just like (laughs) while lying by the pool. Like I love pool sandwich. Yeah. So that's what I've been instead of You've been really focused on dreaming. I've just been like, oh, I can't wait. I want a fucking twenty six dollar sandwich. You can hear the plastic clamshell opening because they have to bring you all your food. (laughs) Plastic containers. There's also like I feel like there's a certain smell to like country club kitchens like everything is kind of banquety all the time and like the bars like aren't used normally like normally like in and out bars are every day because it's a seasonal thing so sometimes I just feel like there's a weird smell to things like that as an employee um but we we have you know we have dabbled a bit and had some guests that have talked about working at country clubs like uh Elliot and Alana Glazer both worked at a country club together for a summer and his episode he talks about that which is real fun and it's then a really fun uh Jen Kirkman also yeah. worked Jen at a country Kirkman. club. Mm-hmm. So you can go back and so. get your get your uh, get your fix there if you want to. But in the meantime, yeah, absolutely, we'll put it on the list and do a deep dive, as they say. <laughs> I work. I I worked at the country club uh, at, at the pool. I did, Lisa. What the fuck? How did I? Not? I'm like, oh my god, I worked at the snack shop at the pool country club. <laughs> Oh, the public oh. pool snack shop I fucking love so much, but mm-hmm. too, that just reminded me. Yep. And someone, and I was so mad because like everyone else, I lived in the neighborhood attached, like affiliated with the country club, but there was like the the poor like interloper side of where like we worked at the country club and the other side of our neighborhood belonged to the country club. So there was like Did you just describe warfare. half the plot to Caddyshack? Is that what did you just <laughs> yes. describe the movie Caddyshack? Yes. And the and like I would ride my bike to work and someone fucking stole my bike and I'm like, you rich people, you don't even need it. And it was yeah. And then I, I got a new bike and then someone backed over it with their car. And I came out after my shift at the country club. and My bike was crinkled in half. What? Jesus Assholes. Christ. Yeah. I know. It's like some drunk <laughs> in a Benz backed over my little my little mountain bike. And I was like, that's my ride home. <laughs> and like leave all the rich boys were like. Dollars. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Like all the rich, all the rich kids were like, fuck you, townie. And like, you know, sped if, away in their convertible. Exactly. Right? And they threw me on my bike like I was literally on my bike and they threw both of us into the pool no just kidding I mean you guys I just think we should claim it I think it's time for an all female version of Caddyshack we should ride it oh and watch the watch the male comedy nerds riot with anger because that's not how the (laughs) script is you can't be all ladies. <laughs> ladies can't be ghostbusters. Guys, thank you so much for uh, heeding our call to more server-submitted stories. If you want to send anything that maybe jogged your memory uh, while we were telling some of these, send them to sideworkpod at gmail.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
let's get into it. So let's let's start. Age that you started working at Chicago Joe's. I would say I was like 22. Oh, that's okay. like a 20, ripe age. Yeah. yeah, I think 22. And I probably worked there for two years, uh, maybe a little more. And then I ran a comedy show in the back. I couldn't mm. believe that I got hired. I was so excited. Um, <laughs> and I loved having an apron. I lo- <laughs> I loved the girl vibes. Like I liked um, being f- I liked I liked it a lot. But the owners were terrible people. Oh, just <laughs> cokehead. I mean, this isn't even that rare, I guess. But just the dumbest, meanest people. Like when I was pitching to do a comedy show, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the comics, they could stand on a chair and they could talk from a chair and we'll have a buffet. And I was like, we will not have a buffet and we will not stand on the chair. Um, And they were just kind of gross. Like our menu was plastic and it had so many spelling errors. Yeah. Like ever, there were so many things spelled wrong. Um. There are yeah. things that are named wrong also. There's something on the menu just called China Burger. <laughs> no way. Oh. Yes, I looked at it. <laughs> the food, I have to say, was so fucking good. Like, the kitchen was amazing. And then after I left, they stopped paying their um, supply people. They were just terrible. Of crooks, yeah. Yeah, there were crooks. There was lots of coupons, lots of bad behavior. And, you know, it's like non-present owners what I've noticed is like they're not there for a while and then they'll come in and micromanage or come and yell at a few things they don't like and then leave and that was kind of the vibe where it's like there are actually giant structural problems here um (laughs) not like it's like this stapler is not a big deal that it's on the bar you know stuff like that and I still see it sometimes at clubs like you could tell someone's not an active owner but the food (laughs) I never had a Reuben before I worked there it was so fucking good that's Um, special they had Oyster Rockefeller and yes. Casino that I fucking loved. Um, I love their California club. Like they did have great food. I never knew a Cobb. I'm also like an immigrant. So some things I didn't grow up on or didn't understand. And like Cobb salad. I was like, this is heaven. What is this? I loved it so much. It, it was Chicago was the first time I had a Cobb salad that we served at my restaurant. And I was like, I want this for lunch every day. <laughs> yes. All day, every day. <laughs> It was so good. People liked the rib sandwich. I'm trying to think what was really popular, but we also ate in front of customers, which I think is crazy now that I'm a, like an adult going out to places. <laughs> like I would grab a side salad from the f- cooler, ranch or blue cheese, and just like sit in a booth eating it in front of people. The croutons <laughs> were so buttery and good. <laughs> oh my God. So I mean, there's always I, the one table or the one booth that like the whole staff kind of just takes over and like you don't see that unless you're super busy, you know? And I feel yes. like that's just kind of known. And sometimes, yeah, people see you eat because that's life if you're doing side work and there's nowhere else to hide if it's that kind of restaurant. Um, and Chicago the Joe's brunch buffet. Yes. I, oh, we would we would eat off the brunch buffet and we would drink mimosas during the job. And like, we I would, love this. We would just be eating. They had stuffed shells for their brunch buffet. And it was like, this makes no sense, but this is delicious. Well, especially when you were hung over and you have to work <laughs> yes. the brunch buffet. I mean, that's what it's really all about. As a 22 year old uh, Chicago liver <laughs> like that's what it is if you're working a brunch buffet i remember passing uh chicago joe's you know i lived in chicago for 13 years and the first i was like what 
it is like this weird fucked up like oasis kind of like offset from the main path i will say and the first time i went in there i mean and it, it is solid but it, it is just like it is kind of like a weird wonderland unto itself in my opinion well here's the right like the description of it is like so apparently it's three generations right that it's been passed down through this chicago family and they consider themselves sort of like keepers of Chicago artifact where they're like, we have stadium seats from Comiskey. We have pictures of Chicago and it's heyday <laughs> and all like famous gangsters and probably like, you know, and I was like, okay, these are a very specific era and type of restaurant. It's like what, it's like an authentic version of Chili's. Like Chili's yeah, so badly. Or, you know the movie to- Waiting? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Like it's like tchotchkes like that. Like that's I waiting really. I res I connected to that movie. Oh yeah, we watched it about a year ago to just see if it holds up, and we were like, some of it does, some of no. it no, definitely not. But yeah, and wait, so they were, they were called um, fuck, what was the name of the their fake restaurant? Anyways, tchotchke or like bajangle Sh- uh, shenanigans or shenanigans. Like shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, I don't think Chicago Joe's, I don't know if they survived the pandemic. No, they also, sold it. They just they sold it. Because I got people okay. sending me the article that they, because the movie was featured in Wayne's World, I guess. Okay. And so it was written about that they finally sold it. And so I uh, I got a lot of messages the day they <laughs> sold it. And they were, ugh, like, the city also hated them too. Like, they would come on purpose to find them for things because they broke so many rules. Like, we would give away free mimosas at brunch and they're like you can't do that um but they would come they would break um outdoor rules all the time and people would come just to give them tickets for fun because they were hated everywhere so what <laughs> what was the name of the like was it were they siblings was it me- just probably the a man? dad i don't okay. remember the dad's name and then the son was brad and then there was a younger son but Brad just had gelled curls, black tight t-shirts, <laughs> coked out of his mind and would hi- like th- he would hire his like whoever he was dating at the time became the manager. And at yeah. one oh, point Lord. they were like, all of you are going to be wearing th- like uh, we had to wear coin counter metal things on our no for like what? only a couple weeks. But that was their plan to help combat. I mean, they would also by the end of what my are, ex- back that like up you real worked quick. in the subway. Yeah. <laughs> what is a coin counter? You know, it's like you hold the you push the like little buttons. There's a contraption you put your different coins in to give change to people. Yeah. So like it works. And it, it typically is like if you work at a a newsstand or you're like taking money. Like honestly, like if you're a subway attendant, I feel like those are the only or, places I see them. What are you, a slots machine at a casino? Like- yeah, they would. They also, um, I some we caught one of the older servers changing our paperwork for tax purposes to help them. Like they would change our money stuff. Like everyone was shady. Like everyone was kind of under the table. Like we had a bartender that married an old man. Like everyone was just a little <laughs> bit kind of goofy. But um, the big thing was when the buckets of Corona, the bus boys would have to take, cause the family lived upstairs. So oh. then, and they would hire sex workers constantly. And so we would get screamed at for our free meals or that we took things or like, I don't know, con- or we had to wear coin things on our hip, but really they were wasting money. Cause they were just like buckets of Corona's constantly going upstairs for the sex worker parties. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Um, they were shady. They were really not. And they would yell. And then the last time we did the comic, they also like our comedy show was popular. Like everyone would hang out after all the comics would chill. I felt so cool as a young girl. Like it was a really oh, fun party. Yeah. And they would and comics got free beer, like a couple drinks and a meal. And then it was either or. And then the deals that they agreed to that we had on the flyers and they'd be like, we're not making any money. I'm like, well, if you don't want to give free stuff and you're not making money, just give us a cut of the bar. And then they said no to that too. So it's like, are you not making money or like what's going on? Cause you either have to give us money from the bar right. or you have to feed everybody. But like, so during a show, one of the girlfriends was like, we let you use that room for free. And we screamed at each other. Um, oh, in one boy. of the areas. <laughs> But, oh my God. And then one of the managers, Mimi, she had like horrific um, health problems, like something with her liver or kidneys. So she did have like a tube, like she had like contraptions coming out of her and was very weak, but like couldn't stop eating the rib witches. Like just would sit at the bar with tubes out of her body, sickly from like kidney failure and then just like eating and still managing for some reason. I mean, she seems like she was probably also into the onion mound, which I see on the menu. Oh, the onion mound was fucking good. I forgot about that. That was so good. <laughs> and the fries were good. They also gave free bread um, when you sat down, like delicious bread. That's the thing. Like the core of it was really great. Like neighborhood, like uh, very walkable. Like, yeah. Very, yeah. And we well, had so Fast Eddie. We had like an old folks home next door. And so Fast Eddie was an alcoholic and he walked really slow. And so there were three bars on that street. And then he would stop at each of ours and then go home for uh -huh, his uh -huh, day every day. Uh -huh. So this technically was the neighborhood North Center, which is the first neighborhood I ever lived in. Um, So it was actually really close to probably like the Lincoln Lodge technically or like. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right next to Lincoln Lodge. I yeah, walked sure. by this place clearly like every day. It this I have no recollection of ever seeing this place. And yeah, then and it I was like a lot. little yeah, and it was like a little it was like a little hotbed strip of like comedy because you had like Lincoln Lodge and everybody would like go to Reese's for drinks like after that. And then it was like Chicago Joe's. So there was like a lot of I mean, in my in my opinion, formative like to to aughts comedy happening, Chicago aughts comedy. Happening and O'Donovan's, I remember. Do you remember that purple bar? They had oh, little, yeah. um, they had like like mini corn dog weenie things that I loved. I don't remember, but <laughs> I mean, I do remember. I do remember. I loved them. Um, Reezy's is still one of my favorite bars. I fucking love it so much. That's, so why why did you choose Chicago Joe's? Was it just legendary to you before? getting a job there? No, not at all. I just was like over salon. I have no idea. I was just applying to whatever. I probably saw it on Craigslist and couldn't believe I got mm -hmm. hired. But like I am. Uh, yeah, I was just young and needed a job. I didn't think much of it. And I was just jazzed. Someone would hire me. I didn't really. So th this was your about was, it. This is your first job waiting tables. This is your very like. Well, when I was in Iowa State, I my friend got me a job at like the fine dining restaurant and I lasted mm. a day and a half. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I can't see that. For We've you. had. Yeah. That's a story that happens a lot on the show where you're just like, I nope, never again in my whole <laughs> life will I ever <laughs> like even if Iowa fine dining is too hard. I was like, no, I cannot <laughs> wear these fucking pants. Um, I can't do it. So it's too much. No, I get oh, you know it's what else I love? at Chicago Joe's the soups the soups and chili just like you scoop yourself oh, yeah. a cup of soup I oh. love a scoop your own soup situation so hard and I'm just like 
this is my bowl of soup. Nobody fucking touch it. It has the right soup to cracker ratio. I'm working, but when I have a minute, I will be eating this in a corner with no one looking at me. Like it's yeah. I love a soup. Now you're now, talking about like the owners being crazy and yes, the girlfriends, but like along with that, in my opinion, probably comes some like pretty fucking entitled regulars that you had to deal with uh, uh, who are like, I'm friends with the owner. I'm friends with this guy. Like the coupon, it was the coupon crowd. They were like, re- they had like rewards cards, constant coupons. We had to accept any coupon. So it wasn't even, it was entitled cheap, not even right, re- but it was like, Use this coupon. It's just very <laughs> heavily couponed. It's like you would make money if you didn't coupon everything. But ev- like, wow. And the birthdays, you got a free burger. Like it was constant couponing. That was the most annoying people. Um, But it reminds me like we would have one day a week. There was five dollar flavored martini nights and <laughs> women came in and would just get hammered on chocolate martinis. <laughs> and. <laughs> We couldn't like turn down the volume or up of a show in one of the eating rooms. And this woman shoved the hostess into the like server station, just had a full mental collapse because she was just so wasted <laughs> on uh, chocolate martinis and shoved her hostess. Um, and then one time there was a staff having a work dinner and their boss got so hammered on chocolate martinis and was like making out in front of her employees. And it was wild. <laughs> It's fucking Chicago, dude. People, oh my God, there was one guy who would come in for lunch and get the fish sandwich and drink like four or five Guinnesses. Like I wouldn't, I stopped asking him, like he would just be like ready for more Guinness. And I loved that. So now your, your uh, job, did you bartend at all as well? Or did you kind of do a combo? I would be a a terrible bartender. And I was, I mean, I've dropped a tray. I wasn't a great waitress either. You know, like I, some people liked me, but if I didn't, I wasn't fake laugh. I wasn't putting in the full effort. I'm, I was just there. I was probably high a lot. I have to say I like smoked weed in the alley for sure. I'm assuming. I can't imagine. <laughs> Wait, I can't believe it. Wait. So one time no one can serve. No one could have like we hosted this show every week and no no one could work the show. So I was like, I'll just waitress the show. Oh, no. But I did a set. And I bombed. Still one of the worst bombs of my life. And then I had to continue waitressing (laughs) and giving people drinks. (laughs) That is such a punishment right then and there. And girls from my high school were there. And it was just like, I cannot believe I'm bombing and now wait and wait. And now, yeah, it was brutal. It was a brutal moment. That's ridiculous. Dude, Chicago. So, yeah, it does seem like I was I was looking for something I could catch that was wrong about them, obviously, other than the very, you know, glaring things you mentioned. But it did seem like they made their food from scratch. Yeah, no, our kitchen was really good. Like <laughs> so I would crazy. even for our calamari, it was like fresh squid that I would see them cut. Like, wow, it was really good food. The quesadillas were awesome. Like, I mean, maybe they used some for like some bullshit stuff, but the food was good. For a while. I mean, I I don't know. Then they stopped paying people and like really were like such assholes. So I'm sure the quality went away. mm -hmm. But when I worked there, like we all love and I was young. I wonder if it changed. But like we really did like eating the food. (laughs) 
I mean, I went to the show a handful of times, but there was also like, you know, this around the corner, like maybe before you worked at Chicago Joe's is where like Brooke and I worked at Bad Dog Tavern and like ran the comedy show there. Right. You know, I and, like, went on and then bad. Wait, yeah. that's on Irving Park, right? Like yeah. by the grass. It's, on, it's, on, it's on Lincoln. It's yes. on Lincoln in Lincoln Square, yes. like across from Old Town School of Folk Music. Mm-hmm. I've been there. It's cute. I like that. I did them. I did a mic there. Yes, yeah. we we handed it over to James Fritz. Then, like, yeah, posted Fritz it did after it, we left. and then, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are two things that were hanging on the walls that I would have loved to have, and um, everyone performed under a, a Marlin. It was like a giant like Marlin on the wall, which I loved. And sometimes Sean Flannery would perform in like a sailor hat. So it looked super cute. (laughs) I I love love Sean Flannery. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other thing I love, and I still have not seen this. I should have figured out a way to steal it. Honestly, it was an, a Guinness ad, but it was all these oysters crying. And it said like, Oh no, it's Guinness time. The oysters cried. And never have I seen that anywhere. I always see the Pelican and they have great, drawings and ads but like i just want that little oyster i want that oyster one it it seems like that like the fish sandwich should be crying because that dude's gonna come in and have six guinnesses (laughs) (laughs) oh no the fish sandwich cried he's coming for me i don't know i feel like that fried fish like grew grew grows gills and swims again and all that guinness that's what i think you're just providing like a river of guinness for that Because it is women. It is famously or like wildly the lowest calorie beer you can have. But Mm -hmm. it is heavy. It's like light, but it is a heavy beer. They really invented something special. I mean, I love Guinness. Well, maybe, maybe this episode was actually about like a neighborhood bar and restaurant. You know, that's the best part of Chicago. I felt like every block had their own little bar and then apartments above. And anytime I go to a place, anywhere in the world and I can say like oh this is this reminds me of Chicago is usually the bars I enjoy absolutely I would agree with that fully we had Megan Gailey on and she was telling us about the crazy like bar restaurant that she worked at well you know I know Bridget McNeil's and me and her um, I was helping her do a trivia night and the manager took her aside and went that other girl needs to stop talking and she came (laughs) back and said they asked you to please stop talking and so I couldn't do (laughs) trivia with her there anymore Oh, oh my god. god. I also wow. went there on acid once and had some tortilla soup um on an acid <laughs> <Nice>. day. <laughs> <laughs> but I or I like- think I think the why specifically and I think Megan also described it why places on blocks can get so hyper local is because when it is that fucking cold all winter mm-hmm. long, people literally only want to come downstairs and like literally run out their front door and into yours. And so a lot of these places become like safe havens because someone, you know, it's like, I'm not going to get on the bus and go somewhere in a neighborhood that's not mine. It's too fucking cold. Yeah. I never and thought about that. Yeah. That's why it's so hyper, hyper local. And I think Megan was even saying that residents of the high rise above her restaurant would come down in the elevator in their pajamas with like their with their yeah (laughs) to have a martini i'm like very on snow days with when like games were on yeah 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 i would do that to my coffee shop like i would go in there with no pants and just a coat on sometimes like we you end up feeling comfortable i feel (laughs) yeah i feel like they know me they know me yeah (laughs) wait but one time um so cole's in chicago that bar i 
they brought me back for their like 10 year open mic anniversary and it was awesome. And I was treated like a queen. I got to go behind the bar and I just felt so cool. And then I went back there Saturday night and I told my friends like they were calling last call. I'm like, don't worry, we'll get to stay. I'm like kind of cool here. And they were like, you need to leave. I go, but they're like, please leave. It's Saturday and we need to close it. And I was humiliated. Just scorned. Absolutely but I love stay, like Town Hall Pub. I got to sometimes stay after and it feels yeah. cool. or like the beat kitchen only like two years ago or last year. They let me use the bathroom on the top floor. Ooh. And I was like behind the bar and I was like this. Like, I don't know why I need special attention from restaurants and bars, but it seems like I do. <laughs> no, I no, no. <laughs> you feel like the coolest kid in the world. Like, yeah, I mean, the original tiny lounge, we used to be able to stay there after hours. It was like um, it was the coolest thing ever. Oh. Like the long room used to let us stay there late night. You like, get locked in. You get locked in, uh, baby. You know, yeah, you have to, yeah. you, have to you, you shutter the blinds and then the real fun starts. Yeah, the, then part the, where cigarette, you, the cigarettes get lit up. And you were like, oh, no, what have I done? But, where, I, you know. where I would cheat on my husband with his friend. Yeah. Good times. Uh, I actually, call, I would catch people cheating sometimes at Chicago Joe's. Like they would bring their mistress because no one would recognize them. Nobody's going to suspect that we're having an affair at Chicago Joe's. <laughs> yeah, no way. Right. <laughs> this divey old dump, this is, I, I'd be like, that's exactly where you go to have an affair. But that's just the way my mind works. I, I think you need to go to a scandalous location when you are involved in scandalous relationships. You know, like I mean, sexual. Yes, like sexual. What's, wait, what's sex scandalous? Oh, no, I love like anytime I would be stepping out on my man. I'd be like, we need to go to like a, a dive bar with like red booths and like a David Lynch type jukebox because everything about this is seedy and dangerous. <laughs> and I you agree. just like wind up at a Perkins or a Denny's, <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> One of the craziest things, this guy wanted coffee and there I was like, hey, it'll take a second. Got to put a new pot on. I'll be the, you know. And then I came back and he was like, oh, I'm just so thirsty. I had to put sugar in my water. And he like put okay. sugar in his water to drink because he couldn't <laughs> just drink water or wait for the coffee. Oh, okay. no, that person's probably dead. Um, <laughs> so do you th and then you went on from Chicago Joe's like, did you was that it? Was that your swan song? Did you continue to wait tables? Did you continue to? No, I went um, to uh, another salon. I, th I think I went back to my salon days, but then I I worked for the longest time as a backup nanny with this company oh, where yeah. you do on-call care. And so, so I had my regulars, but it was mostly like people's businesses would pay for this so they wouldn't miss work. So if they like a babysitter was off or it was spring break, like I would just do backup care. And because salon and waitress, you do have to look a certain level of good. Right. And for children, it you don't have to do anything. <laughs> and being a young comedian, that was the best. Like you can show up hungover, you could show up in pants, you're eating snacks, you're playing Monopoly. Like right. I mean, either... technically you can do all this when you wait tables too, let's admit it. Like these are all the things you can also depending on where you work. <laughs> yeah, I don't think like we wore t-shirts and jeans. It's not like we had to look sexy, but you'd probably like, you know, you couldn't look like full shit, but with children, you really could show up in sweatpants nope. and like oh yeah. Watch you have to gonna be covered in stains eventually anyway. You have to get you know, down in germs. On their level, you know? It's like 
Like no one cares if you're wearing makeup. You're not trying to like get a tit. I don't know. It was just, it was better for my lifestyle. And then I did that (laughs) for a long time. Well, and here's what I think too, is like you going into waiting tables and then like doing like reception at salon. To me, those are very parallel. Like you're multitasking like a bitch. Like you're just like, you're booking people. The phone is ringing. You're checking people out. Like you're, it's a juggling act just like serving. So it makes total sense to me that you were like, yeah. And it's also not a real place. Like when I talk to people with real jobs I'm like oh I would hate all those rules like it (laughs) really was lawless and um a mess and everyone was kind of wild and the biggest problem they did was they overstaffed so there would be five of us working and we'd each only make 30 or 40 dollars oh when you could have just had two or three or two girls and so they would constantly overstaff that was like very annoying horrible but I loved doing paperwork at the end I loved rolling silverware talking shit I wish I remembered more gossip like between all the girls and what but like oh and then there was one Latvian woman who was there for the destruction of the Soviet Union and so she hated all of us because we were such brats to her and she was like struggling for her life with her daughter and she like did not love us (laughs) she's like she's like you have this job for fun yeah, you know? and, <laughs> and she's like hanging on, escaping an international crisis, you know. Yeah, yeah that's that's heavy. That That's an interesting thing, too, is when you've been staffed with people who are literally trying to hold their life together. And you're just sort yeah. of like, I want drinking money. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, oh. I absolutely had coworkers like that where I saw them get fired. And it was like, oh, you you can't fire them. Like, you probably ruined her chances at, like, paying a more, you know, paying down her mortgage or something crazy like that. Where you're like, oh, my God, you just fucked that person so hard. Because there's ageism. Uh, Like, when you're older, you can't just bounce into any restaurant and get a job. You are relegated to, like, the Denny's of the world. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. Diner life. Uh, Chicago has the best diners in my, like, I think I'm going to go ahead and. And agree. I, I hated New York City diners were garbage. Yeah. They were and not garbage. open all night. Like a golden apple, golden angel was everything to me. I like really and Chicago does have the best all night diners and hot dogs. But we don't have to go there. But we don't have to go there. <laughs> and I and I and honestly, like tacos. Very good in Chicago. Yes. As well. And, I do want to say I this isn't about um, serving, but I worked with one waitress and I t- I tell this story all the time. Like she had a boyfriend of 10 years and was always like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. That's not my life. And then within a year, met a guy, got married, got pregnant and is like so happy and doesn't have to waitress and he's rich as fuck. And I would run into her in the future and she just looked glowing. And so I always tell people like, you can always change your mind or it might not be the right person. And your body tells you stuff. But I, I refer Christine. I think about her a lot. And then one girl, Rochelle, we've rekindled over the internet, which I like. She lived in the building of the restaurant and she loved lottery and bingo. And, um, it was, she taught me a lot too. I was just young and naive and like the, Oh wait, you know, Chicago. I worked at Melio's. Oh, okay, for a yeah, little yeah. bit when I was like 19, 20, and I felt the coolest I'd ever learned. I learned a lot about alternative lifestyles and people and then through restaurant. Like I'm just because my parents are not from this country, like not that I was behind, but I was naive to a lot of the world, even if it's something as simple as like a cob salad or something. But 
I liked, I'm grateful to those jobs because I got to learn life things from everybody. And it was, it's exciting. Yeah. Because like restaurants, I, yeah. restaurants pretty much, I mean, I'm using the word cater, you know, not ironically, <laughs> but it caters to all walks of life. And it, we always say too, it teaches you people skills, interaction. You probably started seeing what you could get away with, making a table laugh, mm-hmm. trying out your personality, you know? And yeah, waiting tables made me realize I could probably do stand-up comedy at some point in my life. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lisa. This was so fun. Thank you Thank for cornering you. Brooke and being like, get me on your show. Um, <laughs> like, we'll do it. In a yes, week. you're like, we wanted you. Like, <laughs> we did. You, you're on our list. I can prove it. I know. I believe, I'm just so happy, and uh, I liked being able to reminisce and I be grateful for something I don't think I remembered so fondly or whatever. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys send those server submitted stories our way. You know, absolutely rate, review, subscribe, all those things. All the great shows we have going at One Star Podcast Network. Hit us up on Instagram. All the things. And you know what we say at the end of every episode, Brooke? That's right. Godspeed. And good tips. Thank you.